It's Monday, November 28th, and this is what you need to know today. I'm Chris Graham, and what we have going on Augusta Free Press, uh, the top story is an odd one to say the least out of California of all places, and this does have a Virginia tie. A man who drove across the country to kill the mother and grandparents of a teen that he'd met online is a former Virginia State trooper. And in fact, I'm still waiting to verify. I, I think he was a current Virginia State trooper as he did this. Austin Lee Edwards, 28, of North Chesterfield, uh, was uh, assigned to the Henrico region uh, of uh, Virginia after graduating from the Virginia State Police Training Academy back in January. We reported back on January 24th. Uh, on Augusta Free Press, that he'd been assigned in Henrico County after graduating from the 135th Basic Training Academy. Well, uh, he met a young teen online uh, who turns out from California. According to police out in California, Riverside Police, Riverside, California is where this uh, tragic series of events uh, began to unfold on Friday morning. Uh, Edwards had uh, catfished, if you're familiar with that term, the young teen. Uh, catfishing a term basically pretending to be someone online that you are not. Um, Edwards, 28, drove across the country, got to uh, the neighborhood of the teen um, in Riverside around 11 o'clock Friday morning, their time. So two o'clock our time here in Virginia, parked his car at a neighbor's house, then went to the home. Um, the, the young teen lived with her mother and her at her grandparents' house uh, in Riverside. Uh, we're not sure how he killed the grandparents and the mother in this case, but we just know that he did. Uh, and police are still uh, holding those details close. Uh, but all three died, 69-year-old Mark Wanek, um, his wife, 65-year-old Sherry Wanek, and then their daughter, 38-year-old Brooke Wanek. Uh, and the, the teen was um, basically abducted from the scene. Uh, also, the house was set on fire uh, as as Edwards uh, and the teen left, um, and and this all came to a head as a neighbor reported seeing the young girl uh, looking uneasy as she got into the vehicle with Edwards. Edwards then um, fled the scene. Hours later, was uh, involved in a shootout with police. He started firing at uh, the SWAT team vehicle in San Bernardino County that was tracking him. Uh, I'm not sure of uh, California geography to know how close he was to the original shooting scene, but the uh, teen was able to escape when the vehicle uh, he was driving uh, stopped, um, and he uh, apparently tried to shoot at the state uh, the uh, the San Bernardino County police helicopter uh, before um, deputies fired at him, and uh, he was he was dead at the scene, and uh, the fire. Uh, uh, as fire department officials were investigating the fire uh, and, and, of course, trying to put out the fire, not just investigating, but trying to extinguish the fire, uh, the firefighters came upon the three dead bodies. Um, and um, so just a horrible tragedy. And again, we, we don't know a lot. This happened on Friday, but the tie to Virginia uh, just becoming apparent in the last few hours. And uh, so we'll be awaiting word uh, if we can get word from the Virginia State Police as to the uh, how current Austin Lee Edwards may have been. Again, he just graduated from the police training academy back in uh, January, and um, he had been a uh, a sheriff's deputy uh, with, a, with a Virginia County prior to that. So, um, horrible story coming out of California and uh, with with Virginia ties. So we'll we'll keep our eyes on that.
Uh, gas prices are heading down, continuing to. It's kind of surprising, not really. After the elections, um, the gas prices were were you know one of the key factors um, supposedly uh, as voters were heading to the polls. High gas prices now uh, down twelve point four cents a gallon last week. They're heading back under three dollars a gallon. Uh, should be there before Christmas, according to Patrick DeHaan, head of petroleum analysis at Gas Buddy. Uh, we we uh, run weekly stories uh, with uh, tracking gas prices at whether they're up or down with Gas Buddy. And it uh, looks like they're heading down. Uh, DeHaan says before Christmas, the national average should be below $3 per gallon. Right now in Virginia, it's three thirty-four a gallon. And we're um, uh, a good bit below where the national average was like three fifty or something a gallon. So uh, Virginia may be there sooner rather than later. It's not even December yet. And uh, uh, we're already uh, heading in that direction. Um and so that's uh, that's obviously good news. Uh, it's also it's also a little bit of bad news. Uh, a reason that the prices are going down is because of the expectations that there will be a recession. We've been hearing about the possibility of a recession all year long, but uh, uh, the futures trading is is uh, is is trending downward uh, on gas prices. Uh, you know, oil prices that lead to the gas prices that we see. So that's uh, that's that's a factor. Uh, the when there's less economic activity, there's less demand for for gas, and so prices when you know demand supply curve when price when there's less demand, there's uh, as long as supply is constant, prices will go down, right? So. Uh, that's that's what we have uh, possibly going on here. But in, in the in the meantime, we'll take three dollars a gallon gas, right? Considering we were close to five dollars a gallon this past summer. Let's switch gears, talk some sports. Uh, Scott German uh, had a nice piece for us uh, yesterday, and uh, we're still highlighting it today. Uh, former Uni- University of Virginia quarterback Bryce Perkins got his first NFL start against the Kansas City Chiefs uh, on Sunday. Didn't go so well. The uh, Chiefs won twenty six ten. Uh, Perkins uh, threw for an even 100 yards, 13 of 23 passing. Uh, he did have some success running the ball, orchestrated a drive that uh, actually got the game close in the fourth quarter before two fourth quarter interceptions uh, put the Rams on the wrong side of things. Um, and it was, again, it's the first start in his career for Perkins, who played two years at Virginia, set some records, a lot of records at Virginia passing total offense-wise. He was uh, Virginia's uh, until Bryce uh, excuse me, until Brennan Armstrong broke the the school record last year. He was the school record holder in passing yards, season single, single season passing yards. Also was a leading rusher uh, on the team uh, in the 2019 Orange Bowl season. And he was an undrafted free agent, made the uh, Rams roster uh, as a rookie out of camp, and the Rams have kept on to him. Uh, and he's now in his third year in the NFL. He actually had his debut a couple weeks ago uh, in, in mop-up duty. For the Rams, the Rams won last year's Super Bowl, but have had injury issues at quarterback. Uh, uh, Matthew uh, Matthew Stafford, <laughs> blanking here, uh, uh, the quarterback who won the Super Bowl uh, with the Rams in his first season with the Rams last year, uh, has been injured a good bit this season. And John Walford, the Wake Forest uh, former player, uh, former ACC guy, if you remember him from a few years ago. Uh, he was the number two quarterback, and he's been injured the last couple of weeks as well. So Perkins getting his chance. Um, I thought the game plan from Sean McVay was actually pretty interesting. He tried to keep it, uh, you know, try to run the ball, uh, uh, shorten the game, uh, get the game in the fourth quarter, and then see if you know Perkins could then do some magic. And Perkins again, he he let him let the uh, Rams on a fourteen play, seventy five yard drive through a touchdown pass on a fourth down uh, to two two Atwell. That made the score twenty to ten, and the, the uh, uh, 
Rams defense actually got the ball back, intercepting a, a pass from Patrick Mahomes in the end zone. Uh, but then a couple plays later, Perkins was intercepted and uh, the Chiefs closed things out with a couple of field goals uh, to, to win that one 26-10. No word on on the, the future status of Perkins. Uh, it's really obviously dependent on Matthew Stafford's future status uh, as the QB1. But the Rams, after last year's Super Bowl, falling to 3-8 and eight on the season. It's been a tough year uh, for the Rams uh, subsequent to winning the Super Bowl this past season. A tough year also, Scott had a nice piece for us uh, as well on ACC football. Tough weekend for the ACC in football, also in basketball, another piece that he wrote for us on that. Um, uh, football uh, had a chance, ACC football had a chance to get, possibly get somebody in the playoff. Clemson, after not making it last year, six straight years, I think that was, I think that's right, six straight years, Clemson had made the, the college football playoff, winning two national championships in that span. Last year, left on the outside looking in. And, and this year, after losing 31-30 at home on Saturday to South Carolina, a stunner, a 40-game home winning streak for Clemson, snapped in that one. Um, now at 10-2, and two, Clemson clearly is going to be way on the outside looking in. Uh, North Carolina also fizzling down the stretch after a 9-1 start, losing back-to-back games. Georgia Tech uh, last weekend and then this past weekend, most recent weekend, losing to NC State. So, the two teams playing in the ACC championship game in prime time on Saturday night uh, will be doing so uh, coming in off losses. It'll be a big, a big fizzle going into Charlotte uh, coming up Saturday night uh, on the basketball side of things. Virginia is ranked number three in the country uh, with lots of upheaval at the top of the polls. Number one, North Carolina lost twice last week, fell all the way to 18 uh, Duke, the number seven team last week lost um, both those losses for Duke and North Carolina out at Phil night events uh out in portland uh duke getting blown out by purdue held scoreless for the final 701 in a 75 56 loss purdue moving up from 24 to 5 duke falling from 7 to 17 so virginia is uh right now the uh, highest ranked acc team at number three uh virginia will be uh, on the road first true road game for virginia at michigan coming up on Tuesday night, 9.30, late start in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. Um, as it turns out, it'll be the last ACC Big Ten Challenge news today coming from the ACC, ESPN, and the SEC uh, that uh, beginning next year, uh, men's and women's basketball teams in the ACC and SEC will be competing uh, in the ACC-SEC Challenge. That's not a surprise that it's coming because uh the ACC is an ESPN ESPN media property let's just put it that way uh the ESPN owns the ACC's media rights through 2036 uh the SEC is now an uh, ESPN media property and the Big 10 which uh has been playing in the ACC Big 10 challenge with the ACC since 1999 on the men's side and sometime in the 2000s decade on the women's side the Big 10 is now a Fox Sports media property so uh, the uh, the ACC Big Ten Challenge after this week will be no more. It'll be an ACC SEC Challenge starting next year, and um, also ending will be the SEC Big Twelve Challenge, uh, which is a has been a one day event uh, mid season, like more like towards late January or February each year. That one's also coming to an end after this year. So some news on that front. Uh, we'll have all the coverage you can imagine of UVA Michigan from tomorrow night. It'll be late. And then also during the day on Wednesday, uh, but um, you know, UVA first true road test 
maybe the the last really tough game before a potential huge matchup. Well, it's going to be a huge matchup no matter what, but Houston ascended to the top spot in the AP Top 25 today. First time since 1983 that Houston is number one in the country. That dates back to the Akeem Olajuwon era uh, for, for the University of Houston. Houston uh, will play Virginia in JPJ. Uh, I believe it's December 17th, the first game back for UVA after the exam break. Um, that could be a, I mean, if if both teams hold serve, that could be a 1-2 or a 1-3 matchup. Texas is number two right now in between. Uh, that could really be interesting. But Virginia's got to get past uh, Michigan uh, tomorrow night, a tough one on the road. Um, Jawan Howard and his his group, uh, a, a, a new team sort of, a couple transfer players, a couple freshmen in the rotation. Uh, five and one start, but really not anything remarkable in those five wins. But they got a number three team coming to their house. So, um, you know, they'll be on their game. Virginia also this weekend has Florida State. I think Florida State's one and seven now. An amazing, horrible start for Florida State. Leonard Hamilton for many years has just been reloading. This year, it's not working out so well to this stage for Florida State. They'll be coming to Charlottesville on Saturday. Remember that one last year? Florida State hit a three from about 40 feet at the buzzer to that one effectively knocked Virginia out of the NCAA tournament consideration. When that three went down, you could hear a pin drop in JPJ. <laughs> um, so if Virginia is able to get some revenge this weekend, that'd be nice. Also next Tuesday, then Virginia plays James Madison, a team that beat Virginia last year in Harrisonburg. So uh, get through those, and the text, the uh, Houston game could be real fun coming up in a few weeks. Um, let's see, a little bit more sports news. I might as well talk some more sports. The U.S. men's national soccer team manager, they I guess they go with that term, Greg, uh, Greg Berhalter, was apologizing today for some reason. Uh, I mean, I know sort of the, the excuse he'll give for apologizing. U.S. Soccer Federation social media posts uh, over the weekend uh, prom- promoting uh, the Team USA's involvement in uh, tomorrow at 2 o'clock. I think it's 2 o'clock tomorrow, the, uh, the, the huge basically knockout match between the U.S. and Iran. Uh, Iran uh, and, and the U.S., uh, the winner of that one, will advance to the knock the formal knockout stage of the 2022 World Cup. And the U.S. Soccer Federation, in promoting that uh, that match and Team USA's uh, involvement in it, um, posted an image of a f- Iranian flag that uh, did not include the um, the central image of the flag, referring to the Islamic Republic, and that was to show solidarity for U.S. soccer uh, with the millions of Iranians engaged in peaceful protest. Of the treatment of women, Berhalter decided today in a press conference to apologize for that. Um, and you know, basically, even soccer guys are meatheads, apparently. Um, and uh, you know, it, my initial reaction was to say that's going to diminish my enthusiasm for tomorrow's match. But um, the guys under a lot of pressure, I understand that. But yet, you don't need to apologize to Iran for anything. Um, they need to apologize to the world and to their own people, as far as that goes. Um, sad situation all the way around. Speaking of sad situations, uh, we've been reporting an awful lot uh, in recent weeks uh, on the, the the horrible November 13th mass shootings at UVA that claimed the lives of um, three University of Virginia football student-athletes, uh, Devin Chandler, Lavelle Davis Jr., Sean Perry. And um, we had a piece over the weekend uh, just it, it was inspired, I guess you can say inspired. I hate to say inspired, but this story in any way, shape or form. But um, shopping the other night, I ran into a man at the Home Depot wearing a Virginia hat, 
uh, I'm wearing a Virginia uh, jacket and uh, you know, you know, the, the gentleman started a conversation with me and and quickly turned to the November 13th shootings. And he said, well, it's because the guy was getting bullied by the football team. And, you know, that's not the case. And it's, you know, it's something that, and this is a person who's a, apparently a UVA alum, his wife said, he said, it's triple who, and, um, it's, it's the media narrative at play here. The media narrative is Cass Jones as a, as a former football player when he was involved with the team four years ago for a couple of weeks before leaving the team. He was a, attempting to walk onto the team and was not going to be successful and wasn't. And it could see the writing on the wall and, and left. Um, so, you know, to call the guy a former football player is, is very much straining things. Um, and to say he'd been bullied by members of the football team is straining things as well. The only reason that implication is even being made is because he said in an interview with the Cavalier Daily last year when he was talking about how he was the president of a fraternity on grounds that he felt bullied in high school. So he felt bullied in high school. Friends and family said he felt bullied in high school and into college. Um, UVA police chief Tim Longo uh, talked at the press conference the day after the shootings about there being an investigation into hazing involving Jones. Um, people took that and ran with it that he was being hazed. You know, now that we know that he was, I mean, of course we could have known then, but we he he was the president of fraternity. It could have been that the investigation into hazing uh, had something to do with his fraternity service. And again, not casting blame at him or that fraternity, but it could have that could have been a tie there as well. As much. There's certainly more of a potential for a tie there than there is anything to do with football, considering the guy hadn't even been involved with football uh, aside from those two weeks for four years, more than four years, actually, as it turns out. Um, There's no known indication that this guy, Christopher Darnell Jones, uh, now 23, uh, had ever been acquainted with any of his three victims. He shot one of them as he slept. Um, There was no indication the day of the the field trip on which these uh, the 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 a group of 22 EVA students and a professor and a bus driver, obviously, uh, went to D.C. for a, a play and then a dinner together. There's no indication there was any interaction between his victims uh, and, and Jones, the shooter. And so um, so we examined that uh, on Augusta Free Press, and it's worth the read. And I, and I would ex- implore folks who are watching this video or listening to the podcast version of this to share what you know uh, with 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 your friends and family, because I've, I've been hearing this a lot. I got an email from someone. Oh, well, you know, football players aren't all, all angels. So they, I don't doubt that they were involved in something like this. This is this, you know, this this is uh, we're going to find out probably not for a few months now um, as uh, investigators continue to try to piece together what happened on that bus trip and what happened in the weeks leading up to it, maybe the months and years leading up to it from Christopher Darnell Jones' side of things to get ready for a trial. Um, no trial date has been set as next court date. The next court date for Jones is uh, early next month, uh, and that would just be a plea hearing. He's uh, been ordered held with no bond. That was the first hearing, which was um, a couple weeks ago now. Um, but as as uh, investigators and then prosecutors get their hands on this case, you know, yeah, we may learn some more. Uh, as to the motivations here, we may, we may not learn a lot more until then, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, I think the last thing we need to do is cast aspersions at the people who were shot in the head. Literally, they were they they were targeted for some reason. I, it didn't. None of the evidence indicates to me. Nothing of what we know now indicates to me that anything had to do with 
other than this guy is just a guy that was a powder keg waiting to explode. He felt bullied all his life. Um, he tried several times to buy guns. He had a concealed weapons conviction on his record. Um, and then, you know, wrong place at the wrong time kind of thing for, for Devin Chandler, Lavelle Davis Jr. and Deshaun Perry. Um, on that note, uh, the Virginia football team in the entirety, the program in its entirety was able to, to travel all over the weekend. Um, Devin Chandler, let's see, actually Deshaun Perry on Saturday was, was laid to rest by his family um, in Miami. And then Devin Chandler on Sunday, a, a um, memorial service held in his honor uh, in Virginia Beach by his family. Um, Lavelle Davis Jr. will have a celebrate. His family will have a celebration of life service for him this week. Um, uh, the the uh, members of the team, including the student athletes and, and trainers, uh, coaches, were able to fly to Miami and then fly back to Virginia Beach because New England Patriots owner Robert Kraft loaned his team plane at no charge to the UVA football program to shuttle them to the funeral. So, um, you know, that word is not news necessarily. Well, the, 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 new, the Patriots plane landed at Charlottesville Albemarle Airport on Friday. Lots, lots of um, sharing on social media about that, but just confirmed uh, today that uh, it was at no charge. Um, and, and Robert Kraft had, had, had basically donated the use of the plane to UVA football. Uh, and what an act on his part. Uh, the Patriots had played Thursday night in Minnesota, so the plane was going to be sitting idle anyway. And uh, what a what a great gesture on the part of uh, Robert Kraft to uh, to help UVA football uh, get all of its members uh, to the uh, to the to the services for two of their fallen athletes, and I assume the third one as well, Avell Davis Jr., which will begin midweek this week. So that's uh, that's just one of those kind of things. You know, sometimes you see the good in people. Um, in bad situations, and this is certainly one of those. Um, kudos to Robert Kraft for uh, his involvement there. And um, if I encourage folks who are who are tuning in here as we're getting ready to wrap up uh, our uh, "Here's What You Need to Know" segment today, uh, Crystal Graham, staff writer, uh, my wife, um, wrote a, a in depth piece today on a group called the LifeWorks Project, a, a Waynesboro based nonprofit that advocates for those who need assistance to live a better life. And um, a focal point for the LifeWorks Project has been uh, supporting the homeless uh, and those without transportation in Waynesboro, Stanton, and Augusta County. And uh, this this group, the LifeWorks Project, will be uh, holding a, a, a hugs drive, hats, underwear, gloves, and socks initiative. Um, to distribute items to the unsheltered population, uh, many of those who live in what we call Tent City, and who actually uh, Crystal was able to make contact with um, someone who lives there in the homeless encampment, and um, Sarah Watson is her name, and Sarah Watson said that Tent City, what we know as Tent City, is known as Tent Apocalypse by its occupants, and so um, really worth uh, taking a look at that piece. Crystal's been doing a bang-up job lately of, of trying to highlight efforts to uh, by, by various nonprofit groups to work with the, the unsheltered population here in Waynesboro. Uh, and, um, you know, our, our, our next step is going to be to see if we can get the city to, to, to move in some direction on this, the, the city and maybe the state as well. I mean, uh, you know, it's, it's the kind of thing where, you know, I think there's an assumption on the part of a lot of people that people who are, who are homeless on shelter want to be that they 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 choose that for themselves for some reason um the a quote from sarah watson kind of sums up how wrong we are about that if you have that opinion most everyone here she said uh 
was at one point, um, one time part of this very community. Our kids would have gone to the same school with yours, attended the same church, patronized the same shops. Maybe we were even neighbors. But due to many assorted circumstances, we landed here, homeless and hated by the same place we call home. And I think you know the hated part. Uh, Pentpocalypse, I guess we'll start calling it now because that's what the residents call it, uh, is located uh, just uh, just off of the um, Constitution Park in Waynesboro. Um, beautiful park, downtown Waynesboro. Um, before the before I stopped my running career, uh, distance running career, I trained on the, the greenway that that cuts through Constitution Park, and and you'd see uh, regularly. Uh, you know, a number of folks who were homeless uh, in, in that area. It was, you know, that's because that Tenpocalypse is right there. And it's a, it's a beautiful area. Um, and, uh, you know, sometimes I'd see people leaving food uh, for for folks, bringing food. I shouldn't say leaving. It sounds like they just leave it and people would come pick it up. No, they would. There were actually deliveries that were coordinated. And I would see them as I was running back and forth on the Greenway training for marathons. And, and, um, but also, you'd you know, the, you certainly since the the hatred of for for whatever reason of of people who were homeless uh, in our community here, and um, I mean, just remembering back to when the Greenway was being developed, you know, the first time I remember writing about the Greenway even being a thought was in the I think 1997 or 1998, and people who lived along the proposed Greenway route, um, which it still actually doesn't really cut through some residential neighborhoods as it had long been planned to do so. Because residents said we don't want people in our backyard, we don't want homeless people in our backyards. It's twenty five years ago, and it's just it's just gotten worse over time. So um, yeah, they're you know certainly they're just like us. Obviously, they're just like us. They just had some bad situations happen. I have I've I've had many bad situations happen. Now now things are great for Crystal and I, for Augusta Free Press. You know Rebecca Barnaby, our sports staff, we're all doing well. But I know in Crystal, Crystal and I's case, you know. We we were launching Augusta Free Press way back in 2002, 20 years ago. Um, we were living at we were living in my mom's house because we didn't have anything. We were we were broke, and we started this with nothing. And um, so, in effect, we were we were homeless in a sense. Um, you know, taking a room uh, in the house I grew up in, the trailer park I grew up in. Let's let's be honest about that. And and um, we go from there to where we are now. Um, there, but for the grace of God, there, but for the grace of God, go I. And, um, yeah, it, it's not worth it looking your nose down at other people. Let's help them out. So, uh, read that story about life works, figure out ways you can, you can be a part of the effort, be a part of the solution, not part of the problem. Uh, let's see anything else we need to know today. I don't think so. I, mean, I think that's, uh, that'll get you ready for uh, tomorrow. Anyway, um, go to gustafreepress.com for the latest on uh, news and sports and culture and everything else uh, for our staff, our far flung staff. Let's see. Roger Gonzalez, Scott German, Scott Radcliffe, Rebecca Barnaby, Crystal Graham. I'm Chris Graham signing off. Have a great day.